Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am Daniel's decorated left toe, Trey Plutnicki. And I am the cashier selling you 2005's Pride and Prejudice, Daniel Kunkel. And Daniel, we are off to 2018, off to the races. Off to, I'm off to leave the races, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already done with the races, I think. There are some times where I sit down to watch these movies and I'm like, what are we doing this for? Why? What? Why? Why are we doing this to ourselves? And this is one of those movies. It is the beginning to 2018. It kicks off mm-hmm. the countdown to Christmas, Hallmark's countdown to Christmas uh, celebration. Yeah. And it is Christmas at Pemberley Manor. Mm-hmm. Um, we had noted that this was a Pride and Prejudice. It, it must be related in some way to Pride and Prejudice, right? Ob- obviously. It... it, it uh, in name alone, in names alone, I guess you could say, it is related to Pride and Prejudice. But, Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I've seen Pride and Prejudice, and when I saw sure. it, I wasn't really watching the movie. Sure. But there, the themes are not do not link up, right? No, no not at all. Because this is just a Hallmark movie. This is their usual bullshit. My cat is losing his mind. I don't know what he's upset about. <laughs> he's That's upset about Christmas at Pemberley Manor, Daniel. He's so mad about it. It's not good, Daniel. The themes are different. It's it, This has nothing to do with Pride and Prejudice. Um, no. Pride and Prejudice is, is a story very very near and dear to my heart, and I, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy like most adaptations of it, and so it's really sad to me for them to take this, this classic love story and uh, take all the teeth out of it, take mm-hmm. uh, all the plot points out of it. The ad- adaptations happen. Adaptations happen. I couldn't call this an adaptation. No, it's not. It, it, I compared it to, because Annika woke up this morning and she came downstairs and she was like, did you watch the movie? I was like, yeah. She was like, what was it? And I was like, it, it was like they skinned Pride and Prejudice and wore it like a face mask. True, true. Yeah. Like a fit, yeah. serial killer. That's good. That's very good, Daniel. Um, they, so the characters' names are Elizabeth. Um, the main characters are... Give me one second. Elizabeth Darcy, William Darcy, and George, which, correct me if I'm wrong, those are Pride and Prejudice characters, right? Um, George... Or just Elizabeth and Darcy? No, uh... I guess, is, no, or yeah. just Darcy? No, no, no. Darcy and Elizabeth is. Um, okay. George is, um, I, I believe he is supposed to be George Wickham, who who is um, kind, kind of an antagonist a little bit in the book, a, a, a secondary antagonist in the story. Um, uh-huh. What's really confusing is, tra- is we got a character named Travis, who I think is meant to be... I I, mm, I don't know if he's meant to be the Bingley equivalent or if George is, but either way... No, yeah, well, George is supposed to be the... The Bingley. Because Travis is the assistant to William Darcy in our movie. He's the assistant, but he falls in love with the character of Jane. And Jane right. in the comics is Elizabeth's sister. I'm fine with this change. That's fine. Whatever. J- Jane, I mean, it's not. It's one of the most, you know, it's one of the most our... interesting relationships in a Jane Austen novel. Whatever. <laughs> fuck, fuck me. You can you can do better than her, right? She doesn't know what she was doing. And so, like, she gets she hooks up with Travis by the end of the movie. And so Travis, in that case, would meant to be the Bingley stand in except he's he's Charles in the book he's not Travis 
Right. And in uh, just in our movie, Jane, for those who are familiar with Pride and Prejudice, Jane in Christmas at Pemberley Manor is George's assistant. And Travis is Mr. Darcy's assistant. So it it almost teases a star-crossed lover sort of uh, vibe. And we kind of get the Wickham as a, as a secondary love interest for Elizabeth. Kind right. of. But again, not at all in the way the book does it, which is like interesting no. and has stakes. In and those like sense, love triangle And like yeah. a love triangle. And, 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 you know, Wickham provides an important he's an important character in the story because he is on the surface. He, he's the opposite of Darcy, right on the surface. Mm-hmm. He's this very nice put together guy. And underneath it, he, he's kind of really shady and actually kind of a bad guy. Whereas Darcy on the surface is a bad guy. And deep down, he's kind of a good guy. He's got to learn to be a good guy. Right. right? But in this version, everyone's good. Everyone. And, and what did I say? What did I say last week? <laughs> I know. I know what you said. You said, okay, so to recap what Daniel said last week, last week, Daniel was like, I'm, I worry that uh, Hallmark will not have the huevos to capture the brilliance of Jane Austen's character writing because Jane Austen likes to make everyone a little annoying yeah. at, with flaws so that you, as you read, you grow to like them and their flaws become quirks, you know? And yes. you just, and you like these characters then. Uh, Hallmark uh obviously refuses to do that uh, and will never will never make a character that you're supposed to like have any flaw whatsoever uh unless it's like a job interview flaw which is like i just work too hard or uh like what's it what's your biggest flaw daniel i'm i'm just like i never rest i'm I always want to be at work i'm too driven i'm i smile a bit too wide is is the classic hallmark flaw it's just uh, it's annoying it's annoying yeah because it's it anytime you're gonna do something like this i feel i don't feel like you have to i don't think the assumed attitude of a writer who has to do something like this is like i can do it better (laughs) i can do it better I, i don't think that's assumed right yeah but in this one, it feels like, oh, I just need the names, actually. I don't need any of the rest of the <laughs> I don't need just, any of that. It's like crap. stripping it for parts, except what yeah. you're stripping for parts is a better it's a better story. Yeah, it's just name I, I mean it's name wreck, right? It's name so, wreck. It's not a it's not like a um it's not like your like a Moby Dick adaptation where it's like we no. need to trim this down for a movie. Right. Plain and simple. We can argue about what parts you like, but we need to trim it. Like Pride and Prejudice clips along the 25th, the 2005 version with uh, Keira Knightley was really good at, at yeah. getting most of the plot points. And then the um, I forget which year it came out, but the um, Colin Firth version uh, from like the late 80s, I think. Hold I don't know. I can't remember I, if it was I the early. I couldn't know. I think it was the 90s. Ah, laughter of a woman. 1995. Yep. Like that was a mini series, and they nailed it. So let me bang through this plot. Are Great. you ready? Yes. So Christmas at Pemberley Manor. Yes. There's a event. Elizabeth is as uh, organizing a festival, right, for yeah. the town of Lambton, <laughs> <laughs> and 
Uh, the mayor of Lambton is George, who is Elizabeth's ex, as I understand. Kind of, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they had rom- they were romantically involved at one point. For um, one date. We George get, we is keep so, he's so nice. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where um, two sort of half meet cutes happen. One between Elizabeth and Darcy, but first between Elizabeth and George, where it's like, oh, who is she going to be with? Mm-hmm. It then becomes overtly clear after Darcy's meet cute with Elizabeth, where uh, Darcy is this uh, he's this very high status, uh, has a lot of wealth, owns Pemberley Manor, which is the center of this uh, of this movie. Um, he th- they meet in a uh, after <laughs> in a car. Uh, Eli- yeah, in a car <laughs> after Elizabeth witnesses uh Travis cut the cough, the free coffee line at the Church of the Master, and <laughs> that, that was only for Daniel. What, what a I just niche said. reference! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to explain that. No, let it uh, sit. Tra- uh, tra- so Travis cuts this free coffee line, and Elizabeth is like, "What the heck? Like, who told you to cut this line?" And Travis was like, "My boss, uh, Darcy," and um. Or not Darcy explicitly, just my boss. And Elizabeth is like, let me go talk to your boss. And they have a conversation and is like, you're not going to fire Travis if he doesn't get you coffee. And then Darcy is like, nah, it's a joke. And Elizabeth's like, I... And then it's like, who's that asshole? And it tells George, like, who, like, like, what the hell is was that? He's a businessman billionaire and they can't even commit to making him like an actual asshole. Right. He's just right. kind of he's just like oh, I'm not great with people. And other other Hallmark movies have gone further to make their yes. love interests business love interests look more like assholes. We have had better it's, versions of the like basic conceit of pride and prejudice where one person is very prideful and one person is prejudiced against that, right? Like we have had that. Right. Better. It's kind of their bread and butter. Yeah, it's kind of confusing that this doesn't go that far. So anyway, um, they lose, uh, their, uh, site where they're planning on having the festival because of a water break. Uh, George and, El- this is super funny. George and Elizabeth have like this dinner or what have you. And, uh, George says something along the lines. They're like catching up and stuff. Cause they were former lovers and they're just now re-meeting. And George says something along the lines of like, there's nothing that can go wrong to this with this festival smash cut to George lifting caution tape like literally crime scene tape and going under it like like it was csi miami or some (laughs) shit and and i was like did somebody get murdered in town square that was fucking cool actually like that shot that was fucking cool the transition it was good it was good can you Um, imagine i wish i wish someone got killed in broad daylight in town square but no a water main break um flooded the the where they were planning on having the festival so naturally they turned to pemberley manor of course um and uh now elizabeth has to court uh professionally court mr darcy into <laughs> convincing him that uh it, to to use pemberley manor as this festival yeah um and then uh darcy agrees and that's the end of the movie right yeah that's it. Wrong, Daniel. Oh, I peaked my mic Damn more bad. It. You'll have to work on that. That's fine. Uh, 
It ain't wrong, Daniel. This is 20 <sighs> minutes into the movie. This has to be the record for quickest plot resolution. It, it was like this. So now what we ask ourselves as uh, film auteurs <laughs> is what the hell is going to happen for the next hour? And what it is, is a is a shitty three way love triangle. Yep. Between George, Elizabeth and Darcy that tells the viewer that Elizabeth and Darcy will be together for sure. Yeah. And that George is just this pining side piece that is eventually going to give way on his own volition, which we've seen a million times. Because they make him a fucking loser, if we're being yeah. honest here. And he's the mayor of Lambton. He's the mayor. He's a quite young mayor, too. He's a young mayor. He's, he's very a, he's, young, and yeah, they're still like, fuck you, actually. You don't deserve anything. Yeah. Um. So, uh, regarding Pemberley Manor, let's talk about this for a second. Sure. Um, Darcy lost his uncle. Like, his uncle died. Mm-hmm. And... He's selling the the Pemberley Manor estate, basically, to make room for luxury condos, which is the kind of <laughs> which is the, the second time, I think, right, that we've had a luxury condo dig. It, I was thinking it was like the 50th time we've yeah. seen this. It, <laughs> like It's almost every time we there, there's some building is being raised that's of historical significance it's to make room for a yoga studio or luxury right. condos and again if they had the <laughs> actual confidence in themselves that's a great reason to make darcy an asshole true is him being like look at the end of the day it's about money and i'm gonna bring in a lot more people into town right mm -hmm. i know what's best for the town and he has to learn right. You know, you're making all these towns very unified, and they're they're losing what makes them special. And yeah, yeah, you're you're kind of prideful actually about your own confidence, but you need to learn to be better. And then and then Elizabeth, she gets to be prejudiced against him because he's a, a billionaire and that they deserve it. And she gets to be this, and then realize like, oh no, maybe he's just doesn't really understand because he never really got to enjoy Christmas growing up. You know, Jesus Christ, this movie writes itself, and they but refuse. <laughs> They make these characters fold immediately, <sighs> instantly. They're like, well, yeah, we might as well. That's a pretty good argument that Elizabeth made. Might, may as well. Well, because even what like what convinces him to do the festival here is he gets an email from the people who are making the the hotel. And they're like, actually, we should like be uh, close to the town. We should we want them to like us. So let's, you know. Let's respect that. Let's give them some space. And I was like, wow, that'd be a cool revelation for uh, you to have Darcy not be right. told by your boss. Right. Um, right. That would be sick for maybe Elizabeth to convince you of that and not just receive an email. Um, if you're wondering, hey, maybe Trey and Daniel are being a bit too harsh on this movie. Uh, I will point to about 20 reviews in my favorite comment section on the internet, the IMDb review the section. The first review of 2018. Uh, let me, let me, um, <laughs> let me run through some titles. Uh, this is from Ed Sullivan. This is not a memorable Christmas themed <laughs> film. 
Mick Miller, 53. <laughs> Two out of 10, a disappointment. Yeah. From The Little Songbird, Mediocrity <laughs> at Pemberley Manor. From Wag Diddy, two out of ten. Sometimes things are so bad you need to speak up. <laughs> and this this person sure did because they wrote about four paragraphs worth of I review. say no. No more, Hallmark. <laughs> uh, three out of ten, no chemistry. One out of ten, runt of the litter. I'm going to push back. I think they've got some pretty decent chemistry, actually. I'm going to push back a little bit on that. Oh, yeah. I I, especially, good. I think George and Elizabeth have some good chemistry. I agree. I will say. Yep. Yeah. Um, four out of ten, still waiting for Pemberley. Four out of ten, meh. Four out of ten, blah, drab, start to the Hallmark season. One out of ten, concert, not a movie, uh, which I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, four out of ten, nothing here. One out of ten, disappointed. And the list goes on. So I would say we are being generous. I think here. we're being too kind. I, I, as we, I think we're being kind. As we always are. As we always are. Yeah. As we always are with these movies. Um, so there's this um, sort of, we sort of, uh, yeah, we get to the end. Uh, they, uh, he decides not to sell the, the manor and like um, keep it. And he's going to live in it. Whatever. Uh he uh what else what was i gonna say oh yeah there's like this singing side plot where she's like humming uh what's the song called glory to the newborn king oh uh joy to the world joy to the world yeah she she's humming joy to the world herself to herself uh and as it usually is in these hallmark movies it's completely out of rhythm and just barely in in tune it's also not how anyone hums to themselves she's just no. like joy to the world <laughs> the lord and, uh, has come darcy's like hey, hey i don't know you can sing oh my god hey girl, i don't know you could sing like that that's crazy you <laughs> could, could you sing always like do that? that it's crazy you, oh, yeah that's wild <laughs> it's like one of those uh, it's like victorious and uh like uh, those Nickelodeon shows where a character, one of one of the leads, is uh, sings for the first time in the show. It's like season three, and everyone's like, "I didn't know you could sing," and they're like, "Yes, I can," and it's like, "Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ," and I go, "E." Elizabeth has a shitty boss too. I don't know if we mentioned her. Um. Not interest. She's not interesting. Uh, she's just a shitty boss who comes in at the yeah. end. She's like, I've been trying to get with Darcy for years to get an event with him. And no, 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 no. Please let me do this now. And nah, 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 yeah. nah. she like comes in. She comes in very hot where she's like, yeah, she she's she says I like suddenly like uh, like I, I hire you to plan this event and you don't even mention me when you plan this event. It's like, <sighs> ma'am. Okay, wow. Ma'am, hmm. take the L it just, or take the fine. W. It's your company. There's, I mean, there's nothing. Is there anything else? No. Is there, is there anything else? No. Uh, George folds and is like, uh, you should be with Darcy. Uh, Elizabeth is like, you're right, George. Um, Darcy is like, I this is our house now. And Elizabeth is like dope. Uh, George is still mayor. 
So he doesn't have George is still mayor. I also didn't think there was a great wrap up with him. I was I was pretty unclear about where we sort of left him. I mean, he just sort of evaporates. He's like at once. Uh, I I think this the movie loses interest in him once he gives he gives Elizabeth permission to not lead him on anymore. I guess I guess one could say which she's not. He's just like pining after her right she's done nothing to indicate that she wants to be anything more than friends with him maybe that one dinner at the beginning of the movie but she spends a lot of her time with darcy most like most of her time with darcy um that's i mean that's that's it. it that's it like i i it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It makes me very frustrated. And I am not uh, looking forward to the rest of this year if I'm going to, if this is what we can expect. <laughs> very disappointed that um, they chose to lead with this. Bad, bad starting lineup. We're kind of getting into uh, modern day a bit, so to speak. The um, yeah. 2018 for me is when I, I feel like things uh flipped quite a bit in in america so to speak Mm, yeah Um, politically we're in a very different place i think than we were um so i looking forward to what this year brings amen here i'm toasting you daniel it's it's the evening i have a rum and coke clink um okay what do we got connections the the groundskeeper is santa it's not even subtle no his name is christopher with a k i just don't know why they have a santa stationed here Mm. or like not only he's like the groundskeeper right yeah am i getting that right yeah he's yeah he's the manager so christopher is like the the manager groundskeeper for the estate Mm. um he's he's sort of is like functionally like an assistant another assistant to darcy Mm -hmm. and he like dresses up as santa at the end of the movie his name is christopher with a k yada 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 what what would how would the north pole benefit from stationing a santa at pemberley manor because he's been there a long time because darcy remembers him Mm -hmm. something's We learn nothing interesting, really, about the the house yeah. itself. Could it be that okay. the plantation is a? Um, I said plantation. You because did. It's very obviously a plantation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty. I wrote that down. I was like, "This is a plantation." It home. is. And I was like, "Yikes, dog! Big yikes, yikes for Darcy! Yikes! 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 Maybe." Okay. The plan was to convert the home from the very beginning. Uh, they mm. like they found this estate. Mm-hmm. The North Pole found this estate and was like, we need to convert it to a Christmas gas station, right? Yeah. Which we learned about Christmas gas stations in, uh, oh, Christ. Uh, what Nor- that uh, North Pole 2. North Pole 2, I believe. North Pole 2. Um, <laughs> so maybe Christopher was stationed there. for So at one point when this exact event happens – a Christmas festival c- can come in and produce enough cheer to make a uh, mm. a Christmas gas station. Mm. How do we feel about that? It's interesting. It's got legs, certainly. It's got I, it's got legs. I feel like there's something to the fact that a very wealthy family lives here. 
Hmm. I I don't I don't quite know what that is, but there there's something, you know? It, it's it's strange that it's it's the ancestral home of a very wealthy family. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. They don't give us I don't know. anything. No, they don't give us a lot. Not a lot of world building in this mm. one. Um, Why would Santa want a wealthy family? Why does he need to personally watch over them? Hmm. It's... Well, every, every, every wealthy family needs a little oversight, you know? <laughs> Well, that's my thinking is I'm like, is this a Santa whose job is this like secret agent Santa is his job to infiltrate directly the wealthy family? Did he kill the uncle? Did Santa kill the Did uncle? Did Santa kill the uncle? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Do we know how he died? No. Do we well, know if he died at Christmas? I think Santa has to assassinate this family. Here's my evidence. Okay. The middle of the movie, there's a scene. There's a couple scenes in like the study where okay. where yes. Santa's playing music. Right? There's a very purposeful piece of blocking where the man, the Darcy, stands up and he's talking to Santa. And there's a picture in between them with a hunting dog. I'm not making this up. With a hunting dog looking at Darcy, and Santa's behind the dog. So you think there is some cinematic foreshadowing happening here? I think Santa's trying or, to fucking kill this guy. And I think the only reason he doesn't in this movie is he's like, I, I have to give him maybe do rich people get one chance with Santa? Like the Santa suit with with um with with Kevin. Do they get like, like they get one, one shot to make it right? Yeah, because I, I think that's very Santa, right? You get a, you get a chance. Absolutely. You get a chance. Mm-hmm. And the uncle, for whatever reason, failed his chance, so Santa had to take him out. Hmm. Okay, let me write this down. Santa killed <laughs> the uncle. So the punishment for okay, let me see if I'm if so. S- Santa gives rich people people who need to learn a lesson. Yeah. One shot. Yeah. And if they fail that shot. They just fucking get murdered. They get killed, I think. And I think we can argue. I think this is a greater good situation. I think Santa can argue. Yes, you are a human life and all human life is sacred to Santa. But the amount of damage you can do is too great a chance. Right. I have to I have to make that decision because think about it. And tying this with Annie Claus, right? Santas are willing to give up their children. Yeah. If their children do not have what it takes. I think, okay, so I think this theory has legs, and I'll tell you why. Okay, thank you. How many rich people's parents die around Christmas time? fucking bit it. This is the fucking Santa hitman. Okay, so it's okay, okay, okay. Because he has no no actual Christmas responsibilities. He's just clearly a Santa, but he has no actual responsibilities because he's too busy assassinating the enemies of the North Pole. Okay, we we've done it. I think we've done it. I think this is this is where this is. We always start. We always start a year with the most asinine theory, Mm -hmm. and I I think this is our best one. 
I think this is our best one that Santa's doing murder. I think not I, all Santas. I have to hand I, it to you. I think this is like a dark op, like a black ops thing. I, I think he is like not known to many Santas. Okay. This guy might be like flying under the radar. Like he's a myth. Yeah. He's a legend. Oh, he's like the, he's like the Santa boogeyman. He's a, he's a legend. Oh shit. He's Santa Baba Yaga. Okay. I can get behind that. Do you have anything else? No. Okay. I'm good. Do you want to know on that? Do you want to know about next week's? I would love to hear about next week's movie. Next movie is called Christmas Joy. Okay. Joy Holbrook is a market researcher about to get a sweet promotion just in time for the holidays, but she receives an urgent phone call from home and rushes back to help her aunt recover from surgery, reuniting with her former crush, Ben. Ben. Is Ben, Ben. do you think Ben's doing the surgery? Maybe. Maybe. Well... It's been a while since you've rated this podcast five stars. Uh, you could also uh, you could rate it on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. You can also hit us with a follow on either of those. It really helps us out. Oh and God, yeah. you could leave a review. That also helps us out. You can also find us on Twitter at HDUSecret on Twitter.com and for on now. TikTok at Missile uh, for now. Uh, <laughs> maybe on threads. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and you could find us uh, online, www.mistletoesecret.wixsite.com com to see our version of the story so far or you could fill out the uh, contact form at the bottom of the page to tell us your version of the story so far and what better time to tell us than at the beginning <laughs> of a year well we can still uh, remember everything you can it, you can influence us so hard right now <laughs> if you sent us an email or you could send us an email mistlesecret at gmail.com uh colin robertson wrote our intro and outro music our uh intro music is of course uh titled Stripped for parts. Stripped for parts. And uh, the outro music is, of course, called uh, Matthew McFadden's Wet Nightmare. Uh, my name is <laughs> Trey Plutnicki. My name is Zeno Kungle. And I'm reminding you to stay jingling and stay jolly. Thank you for listening.